This is the Cancer Radio Network. Coming up on this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast, presented by Coloplast. Get caught up in what today holds and what you can do to embrace it, whether that is physical activity, whether that is being with a friend, maybe it's reading a book, maybe it's being alone. Uh, Funny story for me, getting through chemo, I started watching more friends replays. It made me laugh. And it got me through some afternoons when I was laying in bed after chemo feeling horrible. That got me through that day. And when the next day comes, then you get through that day. And that's, I think, key to staying positive. Welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast presented by Coloplast offering stories of information, inspiration, and hope to those affected by colorectal cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein. Welcome to episode 65 of the Colon Cancer Podcast, presented by Coloplast. A lot of exciting news to share with you during this episode, but nothing more exciting, in my opinion, than this. I'm hoping you heard this, and if not, here it is. The Colon Cancer Alliance is thrilled to announce the launch of their new state-of-the-art clinical trial finder. This has been uh, two years in the making, a lot of hard work, behind-the-scenes work, Uh, of many people who've worked tirelessly to create this tool that is both powerfully advanced and incredibly easy for you to use. It's one of the very few databases that has direct access to all the trials posted on clinicaltrials.gov as well as the National Cancer Institute. What that means is you have access to the latest research. And best of all, you can get personalized results based on where you live, your biomarker, uh, the phase of your cancer stage, and so much more. Uh, You can learn more about this tool and check it out for yourself by visiting the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org forward slash clinical hyphen trials. And that's where you can find this tool. And to help introduce you to this tool, the Colon Cancer Alliance has a webinar That is taking place, if you're listening to this on the day this episode launches, which is Tuesday, April the 18th, 2017, there is a webinar taking place at 7 p.m. Eastern Time tonight, tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 to 8 p.m., and uh, just kind of read you from the Colon Cancer Alliance website, kind of the overview of what we're talking about here. It's, and what it states is, it says, if you've ever felt overwhelmed by trying to find a clinical trial, if you've ever been afraid to try, if the first thing that comes to mind when you think of a clinical trial is things like white lab mice, well, you're not alone. And the good news is, is that a clinical trial could be your next best treatment option. Clinical trials are transforming the treatment and long-term survivorship landscapes, but they depend on patients like you. So in partnership with the launch of this clinical trial finder, there is a webinar again taking place this evening, Tuesday, April the 18th, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You can register for the webinar on the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org forward slash event. Congratulations to Michael Sapienza and the entire 
Colon Cancer Alliance team on this incredible and exciting new development that I know will help so many people. If you have an ostomy or are undergoing chemotherapy, you know at times it can be a struggle to stay hydrated. That's where H2ORS can help. H2ORS is an oral rehydration solution, which is an over-the-counter electrolyte drink mix for dehydration. H2ORS is a medically accepted alternative to IV hydration. So for those of you who are struggling to stay hydrated due to an ostomy or chemotherapy, H2ORS can help replenish your fluid and electrolyte levels. It has three times the electrolytes of most sports drinks without the excess sugar, artificial flavors, or artificial colors. If you would like to try a free sample of H2ORS, go to h2ors.com sample and they'll ship one out to you. No strings or hidden costs attached. Also, when you make your first purchase at h2ors.com, if you use the code CCPOD, you will get 10% off your first order. Other exciting events that are taking place on the calendar coming up on Saturday, April 29th for our good friends down in the Nashville, Tennessee area. Hoping our friends Michael Holtz and company will be out for the Rock and Roll Marathon Series. Uh, this is originally was known as the Country Music Marathon. It's now known as the, the Rock and Roll uh, Marathon Series taking place in Nashville on Saturday, April the 29th. And if you're not in Nashville and you're up in Buffalo, we've got a chance for you to run up there too. I know Kevin Hayes and his team will be out in full force for the Buffalo Undie Run Walk, also taking place on Saturday, April 29th at 9 a.m. at Amherst Colvin Green Space. Uh, beginning uh, Registration begins at 7.30 a.m. The event kicks off at 9 a.m. As we roll the calendar over into May, the next stop after Buffalo for the Undie Run Walk is one of my favorite cities, and that's Chicago. Brandon Thompson and his team will be out at Lincoln Park South Fields for the Undie Run Walk, which is taking place on May 13th in Chicago uh, from 7.30 to 10.30 uh, in the Chicago area. If you have an ostomy and are experiencing leakage, that is not normal and you don't have to live with leakage. Feeling secure is important to be able to do the things you enjoy without worrying that you may have to deal with an embarrassing leak. Skin-friendly Brava Elastic Barrier Strips from Coloplast are designed to prevent the edges of your barrier from lifting and help to keep your barrier securely in place. They are elastic and are designed to move with you as you bend and stretch. The innovative Brava Elastic Barrier Strips from Coloplast are a skin-friendly alternative to tape and are available for you to try today. Don't let leakage rule the day. Call 1-855-430-9500 today to receive a free sample of Brava Elastic Barrier Strips. Also on May 13th for our friends down in Lubbock, Texas at Lubbock Christian University is the Scope It Out 5K Run. So our good friends then in the Lubbock, Texas area, check us out at the Scope It Out 5K. And then rounding out the May calendar on the 23rd of May. 23rd of May is the um, Inside Ann's Closet 
uh, fashion show event and luncheon that benefits the Colon Cancer Alliance. And this takes place from 11.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. on May 23rd. And this is at Menlo Park Circus Club. And this is at Atherton, California. So our friends out around Atherton, California, uh, take, uh, check us out and learn more about the Inside Ant Closet event uh, taking place on the 23rd fashion show that is being put on by a designer and colon cancer survivor, Carmen Mark Volvo. And again, this is the Inside Ants Closet event. I want to welcome and say thank you to our newest sponsor, Exact Sciences, manufacturer of Cologuard. Cologuard is the first and only FDA-approved, non-invasive, stool DNA-based colon cancer screening test. It's for patients 50 and older at average risk of colon cancer. Cologuard is shipped directly to you where you can provide a sample in the comfort of your own home and ship it back to the lab, postage prepaid. Cologuard is not for everyone. It is not a replacement for diagnostic or surveillance colonoscopy in high-risk individuals. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. Cologuard is available by prescription only. Ask your doctor if Cologuard is right for you. Find out more information by visiting their website at cologuardtest.com. My guest for this week is Chris Snoward. Chris, uh, I found out about Chris through an online news story, and what an incredible story uh, Chris has to share. Chris talks a lot about his journey through uh, colorectal cancer, but what blew my mind is how uh, uh, what a big part of Chris's life exercise plays. And in the midst of treatment, one month before his surgery, think about this for a second, one month before his surgery, he'd already gone through uh, radiation and oral chemotherapy and was getting preparing for his upcoming surgery. And a month before this surgery, Chris went out and did a half Ironman triathlon. And for those of you that don't know what a half Ironman triathlon is, and he, here's what Chris here's what Chris did: a 1.2 mile swim, a 13.1 mile. Uh, uh, marathon run and a 56 mile bike ride one right after another right after another think about that i don't know that i could do one of those legs uh, of that event in 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 full 100 percent health and chris did all three uh, in the midst of treatment and right before his surgery but there's so much more to his story than, than just this. And uh, he really shares a lot of the ups and the downs of his journey and his experience uh, with uh, rectal cancer. So join me now for my conversation with Chris Snoward. Chris, welcome to the show. How are you today? I couldn't be better, Lee. Thanks so much for the invitation. It's my pleasure. And I love that response. I couldn't be better. <laughs> Pos positivity makes a big difference difference in everything we do these days, doesn't it? It does for sure. I think uh, day to day, it, you can approach it one of two ways, right? And uh, I think positivity is, if you can't at least start your day that way, you should try to end it for sure. Couldn't agree more. So help our listeners kind of uh, get up to date on your story. Uh, we're looking at almost five years ago that you were diagnosed. Is that correct? Yeah. I was diagnosed on May 21st of 2000. 12, um, I would argue that my story probably started uh, about two years before that. Um, I think it's an important part of um, 
well, my personal story in that was uh, I did a, uh, an Ironman triathlon in uh, September of 2010. I'd taken on triathlon as uh, a bit of my, I guess, midlife crisis. Uh, my wife might agree, uh, just to get in shape. Uh, my wife was the runner. Um, I was not. I was a golfer in college, and I saw her running, and it, it got me inspired to, to get into it. Um, so, you know, 2010, I'm at the peak of what I think is my, my uh, athletic career and in great shape. Uh, and then uh, in May of 2012, uh, I had a few symptoms that I had uh, been battling for a couple months and um, finally went in and got colonoscopy. And I will never, uh, I know most people will say this, I'll, I'll never forget that day. My, uh, my wife and daughter took me to my colonoscopy and uh, my daughter, I believe was seven at the time. And uh, she was out of school for one reason or another. And um, after my colonoscopy, they walked me into uh, the consultation room. And the first thing they did was walk my seven-year-old daughter out. And so you know, my wife and I obviously immediately looked at each other and knew that the news wasn't going to be good. Um, and that was my diagnosis of colon cancer. At that point, obviously, we didn't know the stage. We didn't know uh, really anything. Uh, I didn't really know anything about colon cancer. That was not what I was expecting to get for the news that day. But um, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're coming up on, what is it now, five years since my diagnosis. Congratulations. Well, I remember to when I was diagnosed and hearing the news is one thing. One of the toughest things is having to share the news with your family. Tell me about having to share that uh, with, with your kids. We were in a bit of a unique situation in that we were uh, leaving the very next day to go to California to uh, attend my niece's wedding. Uh, and my nephew, who was uh, at the time 21-year-old Down syndrome uh, graduate from high school. So we're going to celebrate two really remarkable things. So we were unique in that we, we kept it to ourselves for uh, a good week or so. Uh, I really wanted the focus to be on the positive things that were going on. But it also afforded us a unique opportunity that we could tell our family uh, with them all together. Uh, my sisters, uh, my brother, my mom and dad, my grandma. And um, we did, uh, you know, include my, my daughters in that. Now, at seven and nine, you know, they reacted very differently. Um, very fortunate in that they had a fellow student in school who had battled cancer and was doing well. Um, so they immediately associated cancer with, uh, you know, positivity. They didn't uh, relate it to negativity. I think that made our entire journey a little bit easier. I don't think they as children ever really uh, looked at the potential um, negatives that would come from it uh, because they knew the positive side of it and they looked at it as an opportunity for dad to go take this on and, and, uh, and beat it up pretty good. So I think that was unique and I think we were fortunate because a lot of times people do hear that word cancer and immediately think of the worst that can happen. And I think my family really focused on the best that could happen. So that made the journey a little bit easier for sure. So what was the treatment plan that was prescribed for you, Chris? So we did five weeks uh, pretty quickly of oral chemo, uh, the Zalota twice a day and uh, radiation. So we did that every day for five weeks. And, you know, that, that was tolerable till the end, um, definitely fatigued. And I had some abdominal pains throughout the day that I wouldn't wish upon my, my worst enemy. 
but that was five weeks and then they gave me a good month or two to recover from that and um you know one of the things i'm pretty proud of and uh, i had great support my family my wife allowed me to keep training keep trying to bike a little bit and run and uh, a friend of mine uh, went out and did a half Ironman in uh, August of 2012. And to this day, I've never figured out how or why, but it's still been the fastest half Ironman I ever did. So I don't know if uh, I've joked that maybe Zolota was a performance enhancing drug, but I'm not sure that was the case. Um, and then I did surgery on September 25th, 2012. That was two years to the day of uh, when I did the Ironman. And uh, we did colon resection, took about a foot of my uh, colon out, and then uh, did a colostomy bag, as a lot of folks are very familiar with. And the surgery itself went pretty well, but my recovery was probably the bigger challenge. I had uh, an ileus, which if you're not familiar with that, you're, basically your stomach shuts down. And uh, my three-day hospital stay turned into a 15-day hospital stay. And uh, I really went to some pretty dark and depressed places during those those 15 days and that's when your support um, team your family your friends and your nurses become such a huge part of bringing you up out of that but once I was done with surgery we did uh, six more months of the intravenous chemo which is fun as well and my last chemo was on April 16th 2013 so I'll be coming up here shortly on uh, what I will consider my four-year cancer-free uh, here in about a month Congratulations. I want to go back. So just so our listeners didn't miss that you did a half triathlon uh, the day before. Uh, I'm half sorry. Iron Man. Uh, half half Iron. Man. I, pardon me. Half Iron Man <laughs> the day before your colon surgery and while you were in the midst of the treatment. So technically it was about three weeks before my surgery, but yeah, during my treatment. And, um, so half Iron Man is a, uh, 1.2 mile swim, uh, a 56 mile bike, and then a, a half marathon. And um, yeah, to this day, it was one of the best races. And I'll tell you why I think it turned out that way. And it is, I become patient. I think uh, when you're hit with a diagnosis like this, you start to live your life um, in a little bit of smaller pieces. You don't look too far ahead and you don't look too far back. And I remember that day of the race, I never really thought about the bike while I was on the swim. I never thought about the run while I was on the bike, and I never thought about the finish while I was on the run. I just focused kind of in the moment, and it made me very patient. And uh, it was the best race I did. It was mid, it was mid to late August, and then I had my surgery uh, in September. I don't know that I could have done any of those three things, any single <laughs> one of those three things, when I was in my twenties and cancer-free, and you did all three in the midst of treatment. That is incredible. T tell me. What t tell me about the psychological, emotional side of what exercise did for you, Chris? So when you are diagnosed with cancer, the first thing I did was go out like probably everybody and I Googled, what does this mean? What are my survival rates? What does treatment look like? And what I quickly realized was there was a lot of things that were going to be out of my control. Uh, there were a lot of things that were going to happen to me. Um, and I, I mean, it just, it happens to you. And I tried to find things that I could focus on and the exercise was one of the few. And I thought, uh, I, I knew I was going into this in pretty good shape when I was preparing for my surgery. Uh, my doctor, Dr. Blackford 
uh, went over the surgery and then she clearly said like, you know, look at it, my physique uh, being uh, in reasonably good shape anyway, that the surgery was going to be easier than a lot of them that she had done. Um, and, and that was a big piece of it. But I also thought that while I was running, uh, while I was biking, while I was swimming, that was me taking cancer head on and not just waiting for something to happen. And one of the other things I did is I shaved my head. I didn't have a lot of hair to begin with, but uh, nobody could tell me if I was going to lose my hair through chemo or not. And I said, well, this is something I control. I'm not going to let chemo take it from me. So I just shaved it and I've actually kept it uh, pretty shaved ever since because my wife seems to like it better that way. And that's pretty important. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. So you went from the the high of of you know this type of competition. Fast forward a few weeks later, you have your surgery and you run into some major challenges. And you just mentioned a little bit ago as that being a very dark time. And I read in one of the articles where you were interviewed that you went as far as to say that if there was a pill that was available for you to take your own life, you would have taken it. Yeah, twice. Uh, I remember very vividly. Um, not proud of that. And I think back to that, and it tells you how powerful your mind can be. I don't think I ever understood that before. But um, laying in the hospital, uh, one of the mistakes I made was I didn't leverage my support team as well as I could have. So uh, I was so depressed. Um, I would ask my family not to come to the hospital. My parents would drive three hours and they would be in my room for about 90 seconds. And I'd ask them, you know, I just wanted to be alone. I had a great friend of mine. He and his wife would come up with their son. This is the one I do triathlons with. And, you know, his son was, you know, high energy and, and, and all that stuff. And I should have been taking full advantage of that to, to take my mind off of stuff. And I wasn't. I was letting cancer bring me down. And one of the nurses, uh, her name was Katie sat down by me about a weekend and basically lectured me. And I love the fact that she did it. And she essentially said, Chris, we, we saw who you were when you came in and we want that guy back. And um, that woke me up a little bit. And I went back to what I was thinking before I went to the hospital, which was I need to take control. I need to do what I can do and not just sit here laying down, feeling sorry for myself. And so the one thing I could do with, uh, my stomach situation was walk laps at the hospital. And so with the whole IV hooked up and colostomy bag, and I had an NG tube, which is my worst enemy, uh, I just walk laps and walk laps. And um, I'm a bit of a goal-oriented guy, and so I would mark off tick marks on the dry erase board in the room that the doctors and nurses use for notes. I don't think they necessarily appreciated that, but that kept me going. It was, you know, one or two laps, and then it'd be five or six laps. And um, I mean, that's where your support team is so crucial. Um, if you take this on by yourself, it's too much. Um, you take advantage of your family and your friends and your medical staff. That's what they're there for. And that was a mistake I made initially. And that's something I will tell a lot of people is, is use them. That, that's important. So tell me how you were able to transition from the low of, you know, considering, you know, even if you weren't truly serious, mm -hmm. uh, you know, taking the, taking a pill to now you tell people that cancer was the best thing to ever happen to you. Where does that come from? So I, when I finished chemo on April 16th, uh, 2013, um, I was lost just for a little bit. 
So this becomes part of your life every day. For me, it was you know, a year and a half, uh, whether it was chemo or surgery or whatever. And I struggled right on April 16th when I was done because now it's like, what do I do with this? You don't go through an experience like this and not learn something from it or leverage something from it. And that's when I started to look back at what it had done to me. And I can honestly tell you, um, some may disagree, but I feel like going through that has made me a better husband, um, far from perfect, a better parent, uh, a better friend, a better coworker. I appreciate other people so much more than I did before. I try not to get wrapped up in my own stuff. And that's where I look back on it. And um, I wasn't quite that person on May 20th, 2012, the day before I was diagnosed. Um, I feel like I was uh, in April of 2013. And um, I wouldn't say I ever want to go through it again, but it was. It was truly the best thing that has ever happened to me. And, uh, you know, you go through life and you have some things like this happen. You can either uh, have them bring you down or you can look at them as an opportunity. And this was completely an opportunity for me to uh, enjoy and embrace life in a whole different way than I did before. You also talk about how you've used, or maybe use isn't the right word, you've incorporated your story in how you um, onboard new associates at work. Talk yeah. about that. Yeah, so one of the neat parts about my job is I get to sponsor uh, the intern program. And um, and so I don't do a lot. I have some great folks who work uh, for me and with me who really run the intricacies, the day-to-day -day of the intern program. But it does allow me to uh, sit down and have a lunch with them. And what we used to do is have a lot of what I would call like our senior leaders at work would come in and uh, do a little lunch with the interns and let them ask questions. But I mean, anybody in the corporate world knows that after about three or four of those lunches, all the questions and answers start to become pretty much the same thing. So one day I thought, what if I brought in a few pictures just from my life, things I've learned, not just cancer, but things I've learned uh, before I, uh, you know, when I first, first got out of college or, or whatever the case may be. And that has turned into what I like to call a life and leadership talk. And what I like to talk about is here are some things that have happened to me, good and bad, but I've learned a lesson from them. And if I can help any of those interns, any of those college students who are just getting ready to jump out into, uh, I guess, the real world, uh, that they can learn one of my lessons without having to go through it themselves, then I've done something good. And that actually, it started out really small, um, you know, five, six person intern class that I'll sit down and we'll have a little uh, pizza and talk. Uh, and it's turned into, I get a really neat opportunity to go out and speak at a couple of different places. I've been back to, I went to Buena Vista University in Storm Lake, Iowa, and uh, they've invited me back um, three times now to speak to different groups and um, got to speak at a couple local uh, businesses here, but it's about life and leadership. Yeah, a large part of my uh, story is about cancer. That's not my entire life. That's not, uh, I think I have a quote someplace that I was kind of proud of that, you know, cancer is part of my life, but it isn't my entire life. It didn't define everything, but uh, there are some lessons that come out of that. Um, one of them being surround yourself with good people. That's so important in life. And I learned that more than anything else once I was diagnosed with this. You also have uh, 
aligned yourself with an organization that I'm not familiar with. Can you tell us about the Great Plains Colon Cancer Task Force? Yeah, what a phenomenal group. Um, when I mentioned on April 16th, I was done with chemo and I was lost. I really didn't know what to do with my story. And the Great Plains Colon Cancer Task Force, they, um, it's consisting uh, or consists of some survivors, uh, some uh, folks who have been impacted by maybe their parent or their brother or sister, and then local medical professionals. And it's a 100% volunteer organization. We meet every uh, first Thursday of the month. And true story, I'm a bit of an introvert. Uh, I won't say I'm risk averse, but uh, some people might say that. But I literally pulled up in the parking lot on a Thursday in, I think, February a couple years ago. And I never did get the courage to walk in and attend the meeting at Chickendale. The very next month, I pulled up in the parking lot again and finally, not being a wimp, I, I went in. And uh, one of the probably top five or ten decisions of my life, uh, such an amazing group. And uh, we run a couple events here in Omaha, Nebraska. We do a bike ride in June. There's a town about 20, 30 miles uh, west of Omaha that is called Colon, Nebraska. So our bike ride is the Roland to Colon. Uh, so we have a little fun with that. We also <laughs> do a burpee challenge in April. Uh, and then we do a 5K run uh, in August. And we do that to raise funds so that this month, here in March, uh, we can really promote awareness um, and just education around colon cancer. We have 10 billboards up around the city of Omaha right now. We have multiple buses with, uh, with advertisements on it. Uh, we did a kickoff event uh, just a couple weeks ago to really talk about our new marketing campaign. Um, so it's, it's a phenomenal group and couldn't ask for better people to work for that that's fantastic. Sounds like a wonderful group. It really well, Chris, is. As, as we wrap up our conversation, you know, I like to ask this question and that is if someone is listening into our conversation for the very first time, uh, experiencing this podcast and they themselves or someone they care deeply about has recently been diagnosed with colon cancer, what advice would you want to share with that person? So, you know, I, I've, you and I talked a little bit offline. You know, I've listened to you for a while. Um, I was tickled to death when I got your uh, invite to, to do this. Um, I, you know, listened to John Platten's a couple uh, weeks ago, listened to Riley Castro, and, you know, they're right on target with some of the things that they talked about. I would say, number one, stay positive. I see adversity as opportunity. I think that's not everybody's wired that way. I'm very, very lucky and fortunate, but you can also say stay positive and somebody looks at you and says, what does that mean? Like how it's easy to say it, but how do you do it? And I think my advice is day by day, don't get caught up in what a week from now holds. Don't get caught up in what six months from now holds, get caught up in what today holds and what you can do to embrace it. Whether that is physical activity, whether that is being with a friend, maybe it's reading a book, maybe it's being alone. Uh, funny story for me, getting through chemo, I started watching more Friends replays. It made me laugh, and it got me through some afternoons when I was laying in bed after chemo feeling horrible. That got me through that day, and when the next day comes, then you get through that day, and that's, I think, key to staying positive. Number two is leverage your support group. I mentioned that earlier. There's two things to that. They are there to help you. You can't take this on alone. You can't. You can try but you're going to end up in a dark, depressed place like I was. 
But the other thing I learned is that support group, your support team, your coworkers, your friends, your family, they're not just supporting for you, they're supporting for themselves also. And they're going through it along with you. My wife went through it with me. My two daughters went through it with me. My parents went through it with me. I owe it to them to allow them to be involved and be there and be present and, and do whatever they think it is that uh, is supportive. It may not be perfect for my eyes, but there's more than just me that was going through this. And uh, I, would, I would encourage people to do that. Let people support you. Don't try to be a hero and take it all on your own. Great advice. I appreciate you taking the time, Chris, to uh, share your story with our with our group, with our audience. It truly is inspiring. Um, I, I admire your positivity, and congratulations on being uh, four years cancer-free. I just wish you uh, continued success, continued good health, and uh, all the best to you, my friend. Well, same to you, Lee. You're an inspiration to a lot of people, and you've been fighting your own fight that... Uh... I know a lot of us follow and, and think and, and pray for you daily. So uh, I, I couldn't be more honored to have had this opportunity and truly thank you. It's been my pleasure. Take care. Take care, Lee. It's time for Ask the Doctor, where your questions about colorectal cancer are answered by Dr. Laura Porter. Dr. Porter is the medical advisor and senior patient advocate for the Colon Cancer Alliance. Dr. Laura, how are you today? Very good, Lee. How are you? I'm doing well. I've got a question that's been asked many, many times, and uh, obviously I'm, not, I'm not surprised just based on the publicity, and this is about immunotherapy. And the listener asked, what exactly is immunotherapy, and is it only available through clinical trials? So immunotherapy is the newest treatment available in colorectal cancer. Um, currently, it is based on your microsatellite status, which is determined through tumor testing and also through genetic testing. So there are several clinical trials that are using drugs which turn on your immune system to kill the cancer. So these drugs are immunotherapy. So the most successful trials for immunotherapies have been in patients that are microsatellite high, MSI high, or microsatellite unstable tumors. So the recent National Comprehensive Cancer Center treatment guidelines that just came out in December approved two immunotherapy drugs, Opdivo and Keytruda, for first-line treatment in metastatic colorectal cancer for those unable to tolerate aggressive chemotherapy and as second line and further for those who have progressed on other treatments. Now, this is good news because these drugs have been FDA approved for melanoma, head and neck cancer, lung cancer, and a couple of other cancers. They have not yet been FDA approved in colorectal cancer. But the fact that the NCCN guidelines are now including them as a recommendation hopefully will lead to their approval. Terrific. Thank you so much, Dr. Laura. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast presented by Coloplast. And thank you to our sponsors, Coloplast, H2ORS, and Exact Sciences for your support. 
The Colon Cancer Podcast is a proud sponsor of Genie's Blue Angels, providing financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer. Thanks for listening to the Colon Cancer Podcast, presented by Coloplast. Notes from this episode can be found on our website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. To subscribe to the podcast, please visit thecoloncancerpodcast.com forward slash subscribe. If you or a loved one has a question about colon cancer, please visit the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. Again, that's ccalliance.org. Thanks again for listening. Be well, everyone.